We are go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers, and welcome back to Planet 8. This is your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here by my side, as always, in the command center, and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. And on this episode of Planet 8, we're going to be discussing big bug movies. Straight away, I want to point out to you that we don't have to kick it up to the satellite because the satellite is still being repaired. Uh, while it's going through repairs, we have Reconnaissance Officer Karen here on Planet 8. Karen, take it away. Why, thank you, Larry. It's always good to be in the command center with all of its various charms. <laughs> indeed. Uh, yes, indeed. So, yeah, big bugs. We all love them, know them, have been thrilled by so many big bug movies <laughs> over the years. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, all take a big bug movie and talk about it today. Um, before we get into the big bug movies, I just for those of you out there who are scientifically minded, such as me, um, I do want to recommend there's a really um, funny paper, scientific paper out there by a guy named Michael C. LaBarbera from the University of Chicago called The Biology of B-Movie Monsters. And he goes into all sorts of details about really why giant bugs couldn't exist. Um, if you're into uh, the physics of it and the idea of, you know, area and volume and proportion, he'll explain that. But he also talks about how, you know, if you were attacked by a giant ant, where is the best place to, uh, you know, uh, defend yourself? How would you attack back? Yes, and not the torso of the giant ant. The legs are the most vulnerable area. So, you know, good, good reading material, uh, just in case you need to defend yourself against some sort of <laughs> giant insect. So, so you've just debunked the whole episode before we start. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's still, they're still very dangerous. Well, it is a movie, not a documentary. You so. know, you know, you still have to find something, you know, to attack the insects with. Um, but I'm going to go with a very tried and true film. Uh, I'm going to go with Them. The 1954 classic, black and white, beautiful film. Uh, yes, sergeant in charge of the blue. Maybe the blues, yes. Um, you know, it's a it's a, a great movie, well put together. Uh, you know, you got uh, James Whitmore, uh, uh, James Arness as the uh, the two uh, uh, law officers. So one's a state trooper, one's an FBI agent. Um, the way they put this movie together is really great because it's sort of a mystery at the beginning, you know, what's going on, where are these people disappearing to, what's, who's breaking into these railway cars, and, and then we bring in the scientists, the kind of doddering professor played by um, Edmund Glenn and then his uh, daughter, and uh, there's some nice interplay between the James Arness and the daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the insects, you know, the ants. So the ants are great. I, I know some people have, you know, made comments about, you know, they used 
actual large uh, live action props. Mm -hmm. But man, those ants look great to me. I always enjoy seeing them fighting those ants, especially, you know, how can you go wrong when you got army guys with like flamethrowers? You know, right. that was some exciting stuff. Like when you're a kid and they have to go in and they rescue the, the two kids who are down in the L.A. sewer system. And uh, uh, Whitmore goes in there and he's got like the flamethrower and everything. I mean, that's that's some good stuff right there. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, uh, to me, them is like the pinnacle of big bug movies. Uh, you've got great characterization. You got a great story. Uh, scary critters. You know, that's that's my big bug movie. Um, and also, you get the whole radiation theme, which is pure 1950s right there. It kind of epitomizes everything we, we think of when we think of 50s sci-fi monster movies. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't even have to sell this movie. It sells itself. I don't have to do anything. It's, it's, it's a classic. So, them is my, my pick for Big Bug. It is a very fine pick indeed. I'll watch it over and over again. Well, so, um, I'm actually, Karen and I watched this last night, was Tarantula. Uh, Tarantula came out in 1955 as well. Uh, it's, it was black and white science fiction, giant monster, giant tarantula film. And it was directed by uh, Jack, Jack, Jack Arnold, Arnold. right? I was he stuck on Leo G. Carroll, who also directed the creature, right? And who also directed, and I just bought the box set the other day. Yes, Gilligan's Island. No. Yes, Jack Arnold directed Gilligan's Island. That's what I love about this podcast. Not only is it entertaining, <laughs> it's educational. <laughs> Information for you all. <laughs> Information. Turn your GED. <laughs> a Planet A GED, which will get you far. That's right. Um, Leo G. Carroll, which I thought was uh, a great character in this. Um, you know, his assistant gets upset. He, you know, they're testing this serum, and he shoots him in the arm to show him what it feels like <laughs> to, you know, become a mutant or a monster or whatever. Um, you know, you can argue the effects of the tarantula. They kind of superimposed it on the screen, and, and some shots are better than others. Um, there's some bleed through. You know, you can see yeah. the mountains through the tarantula's arms. Um, I don't know that they ever intended these films to go high def Blu-ray, yeah. uh, so many pixels on a screen. Yeah. yeah, but hey, it, it's still a fun movie. Um, well, I like too that, like the, like you were saying, the uh, makeup effects on some of the characters. They because they tried the serums on themselves, so you not only have the tarantula, but you've got the guys with all the deformities. The monsters, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, the first guy was so-so. Yeah, almost looked like kind of a. A rubbery suit, but uh, John, uh, not John Agar, Leo G. Carroll. Yeah. His doctor. Was, yeah, that sliding. was like, yeah. really. And then it, it was kind of funny because it's like, you know, machine guns wouldn't stop the tarantula. The Air Force, you know, bombs wouldn't stop the tarantula. But good old fashioned napalm, you know, we had a barbecue out there in the <laughs> Phoenix uh, desert. Uh, that took care of the tarantula. And who was the fighter pilot that shot the napalm? Who was the actor that played oh. in his very first movie role? Well, I know it's not Clint Eastwood because Clint, Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Is it Clint Eastwood? I thought Clint Eastwood was the first. His first uh, role was in The Creature. 
No, no, he's, tra- he's the pilot in Tarantula. Okay. Oh, uh, education! <laughs> Again. Again. Information for you. Well, and another thing in Tarantula was um, uh, Nestor Paiva was the sheriff, but he was also a creature. Excuse me. Uh, right. The boat captain. The boat captain. Right. So you see these actors. What was the name over of the boat? Over again. The goat was the boat was the uh, Rita. Right. The Rita. Yeah, right. And and he he's a good actor because Karen was telling me, oh, that's the same. And I'm like, no. And you look closer, and it's like, by George, it is. And of course, John Agar is in everything. John Agar is so. in in everything. Yeah. And continues to be in everything to this day. For those of you that didn't know the uh, wonders of the internet, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, so we'll kick it over to Chief Engineer Bob. I have to flip this. Uh, the camera, not the people. Yeah. Oh, you know, instead of flipping this, I'm going to physically flip the camera, and I'm going to hand it over to you. Those of you listening, <sighs> there via go. the actual podcast, we are doing a Facebook Live. So you're getting a little bit of a uh, preview of a podcast that will not be up for a couple of months. Those of you listening to the podcast. And and notice (laughs) that Bob is doing this sans notes because that is my iPad. (laughs) I would have had the notes on it. So anyway, um, well, before I reveal my favorite giant bug movie, I'm just going to interject here that uh, as far as tarantulas go, Tarantula was not my favorite tarantula movie. I was actually I was actually more into Earth versus the Spider, which was I believe 1957 ish, and uh, I just think I, I really I love the effects in that. I love the whole shot in uh, in the caverns was in Calaveras Caverns or whatever. right, and uh, you know the whole teenage. <laughs> 40-year-old teenagers that <laughs> were in the movie. Um, that whole angle and, and everything. I just, it would, it would be on all the time, and I'd watch it every time, and I would just love that movie, Earth versus the Spider. But um, as you look around my surroundings here, you can only guess that my favorite giant bug movie would, of course, be Mothra. Ah. So... Uh, Mothra came out in 1962, and I think it's probably that and War of the Gargantuas have to be my two favorite um, Japanese movies not featuring Godzilla, uh, non-Godzilla giant monster movies. But the thing about Mothra is it wasn't just your basic sci-fi monster on the loose, big bug on the loose. It was more like a a fantasy adventure, and um, everything from the Twin Fairies, to Infant Island, to the beauty of Mothra herself. Uh, just, even the, the soundtrack by Yu Koseki was just uh, amazing. You know, it's this very, um, I don't know, I would say bombastic or, you know, whatever, but uh, it was just an amazing soundtrack. And uh, the whole film, you know, the direction by Ishiro Honda, it was uh, just amazing from beginning to end. And it had a lot of A-list actors in it as well. Hiroshi Koizumi, who played Professor Chujo, uh, he was uh, you know, one of the main Toho actors of the time in Kurosawa films and also Godzilla films and that. And uh, Frankie Sakai, who was kind of the comic relief. And mm-hmm. he uh, played the reporter that 
in the English language version, they call him Bulldog. His, his nickname was Bulldog. But in the original Japanese version, it was Snapping Turtle. <laughs> and it was, his nickname was Snapping Turtle because once he got hold of a story, he never let it go. Ah. But he was a very popular Japanese actor at the time in Japanese comedies. So he, he's like A-list actor. This is not like B-movie stuff here, people. <laughs> this is uh, A-list Japanese fare. And uh, the effects by Eiji Tsuburaya, again, you know, just amazing, you know, beautiful effects. The twin fairies were actually a singing duo in Japan, actual twins called the Peanuts. Mm -hmm. And uh, Emi and Yumi Ito, uh, both of whom sadly have passed away. Um, they were a big Japanese pop group. In fact, they were even on the Ed Sullivan show for an appearance. So uh, they were huge. They were. What did they sing on that? They would sing like... On Ed Sullivan. Yeah, well, I can't remember the exact song they sang on Ed Sullivan, but you can look it up on YouTube. Mm. <laughs> and uh, basically they were doing like pop standards. Japanese okay. and American pop standards. So they didn't sing the Mothra song on No, on no. Which would have been cool. <laughs> no, in fact, uh, no mention at all was made of Mothra. Mm. So. Um, but they would play the Twin Fairies in both Mothra and Guzzle versus the Thing, also known as Mothra versus Guzzle, and in Giger the Three-Headed Monster. Mm. And after that, they got other twins to, to play them. But they're basically the most popular. And then Clark Nelson, who was the evil villain of the movie. Yes, Mothra's not a villain. She's just there to save the fairies. Uh, Clark Nelson was the exploiter that went to the island, stole the fairies, and exploited them back in Japan for his own gains. And uh, he was basically played by Jerry Ito, who uh, really nice, really nice guy. We did a Godzilla Fest at the uh, Castro Theater in 2004, and we had on Saturday night, we showed Mothra and Godzilla Tokyo SOS. And we had Hiroshi Koizumi, who played Professor Chujo. We had Jerry Ito, who played Nelson. And we had Ed Keane, who played, had kind of a bit role as the mayor of Newport City. But um, when people came to the show initially, they all gathered, gathered around the Japanese actors' tables, because we had Hiroshi Koizumi, we had uh, Tsutomu Kitagawa, who played Godzilla in the 2000s, and then we had Akira Kubo, who was in quite a few, in like Attack of the Mushroom People, Yogg, Son of Godzilla, Destroy All Monsters. So we had them, they were just, their tables were getting swamped. And then, as soon as people went in the theater and saw Mothra and just saw Jerry Ito just chewing up the scenery in every scene he was in, sneering, scowling, they came out and just flooded his table after. It was just mm. amazing. And he just gives like one of the best performances I've seen in a Japanese monster movie. Um, so it's just an excellent, excellent film, I think, all the way around. So I would definitely say that Mothra would be my very favorite. Cool. Well, I'm going to hand the uh, iPad back to you, Bob. I'm not sure if we're still live or not. Uh, I don't know if it's still on there. We are. <laughs> there we go. Oh, no. I'm going to have to edit out all these little comments about the iPad. And <laughs> so, I think I comments on Mothra? Come on, you guys must like Mothra. I like Mothra. I, uh, I always thought Mothra was, uh, you know, 
like a, a kind of the good guy character. You know, you always knew that Mothra was, was uh, like good. I, I never like sometimes Godzilla straddled that line like force of nature. Yeah, like mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if Godzilla's really like on our side or not. And the same with a lot of the other characters, but Mothra always felt like was a kind of a beneficial mm-hmm. you know well but I think of Mothra Mothra was like a deity in some ways all these these kaiju sort of more on that legendary kind of scale and like the, you think of the other big bug movies they're just like creatures they're just like in, you know large insects but Mothra and, and all the others they're you know in a whole other realm like you're saying it's more like a fantasy kind of movie. well you know you mentioned you mentioned legendary and Mothra and, uh, you know, in the next Godzilla King of the Monsters from Legendary, Mothra will be reprising her role, I'm Ooh. assuming as a good guy. Yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. But uh, Commander, what do you think of Mothra? I love Mothra. I, you know, um, yeah, I mean, that, that I, there wasn't a lot of Ultraman on TV. There wasn't a chance to... Uh, Ultra 7 and all that stuff till later in life but there was Godzilla Mothra uh, Ghidorah Uh, one of the fun things for me was when um, what do they call it Bob the Heisei series Heisei yeah Heisei series where they introduced Batra and it was like uh, an evil version of uh, uh, Mothra, which in the end they work together, they reconcile their differences to defeat the bigger uh, issue of Godzilla, um, was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, it's interesting because when we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, we're going to do a podcast on uh, giant bugs, and uh, quick little plug, we've already had them on the show, but when Karen and I were watching Tarantula last night, we uh, referenced the Orwigs. Uh, book right, Gail and, and Ray. Uh, and Ray um, thank you very much. We were able to uh, take a look at the movie and, and the desert scene and the tarantula rock and, and all that stuff was fun. But um, yeah, I, I didn't think about Mothra. It, it kind of uh, was a pleasant surprise that Bob had selected Mothra um, for us to talk about. So. Uh, and Love. I'm go- at that point, I'm going to edit this part out, but we will stop the Facebook Live because we don't want to give away right, the whole episode. Right. Exactly. We want you guys to come back and like, listen to this episode at some point. So thanks for joining us, and we're going to sign off. Signing off. And transmission. And we'll see if that actually <laughs> went on Facebook or not. <laughs> Let me ask you guys, you know, what other giant bug movies... Uh, were out there that you know garnered your attention or that you've you've seen uh, in the past or recently, uh, Karen? Well, you know there was one movie that I had heard about um, for years and I hadn't seen until uh, maybe like five or six years ago, and that's uh, Black Scorpion. Mm. So that was made in '57, and I think it's mostly notable because Willis O'Brien, who did the stop motion for the original King Kong, right did the stop motion in this movie and it takes place in Mexico um, basically there's like this volcano I think there was first an earthquake then a volcano and, and out of the volcano comes these gigantic scorpions and they're, they're mm-hmm. all stop motion um, creatures and they you know wreak havoc uh, in these Mexican towns um, but you know it's, it's interesting because it is stop motion it's clearly 
I don't know, you know, you can sort of tell the style of different stop motion animators. Um, and I think it is very reminiscent of that King Kong style. So um, seeing that movie, you, you see there's a whole bunch of scorpions that first come out and start doing things. And then there's this one big scorpion that kind of wipes out the other scorpions and mm -hmm. takes over and they wind up, uh, the army wind up eventually killing it. I think they chase it into a, a like coliseum and you know, all sorts of fun ensues. But it, it's definitely a worthwhile film uh, to see. And actually, an interesting fun fact, I know when we were watching Tarantula the other yeah. night, uh, there's the main actress in Tarantula is uh, Maya Corday, who was another starlet, similar along right. lines, Julia, you know, a very beautiful woman. She was also in Black Scorpion, so she had some sort of big oh. bug thing going on there. Um, <laughs> And just kind of funny seeing, you know, that same person showing up in more than one big bug movie. You know, I, I wonder, you know, with King Kong, Mighty Joe, uh, Godzilla, what was the decision, or I mean, what made them, do you think, Universal and those companies think, let's do a giant spider movie, let's do a giant ant movie, let's do a Mothra movie, let, you know, was it because of the success of these other giant animal um Movies or was it the technology enabled? Just maybe just they had this ability to do special effects. But it's interesting. All the different films we're right. talking about had different technologies for right for the effects. Yeah, there's stop motion, and then there's the live action. Well, even even Bird Eye Gordon, whose initials spell out big, big, big. <laughs> he did uh, beginning of the end with the giant grasshoppers, and that was basically. The whole end of that film was just grasshoppers on a photo of a building, <laughs> basically walking around. Every once in a while, they walk off onto the sky and then back onto the building again. But um, and at the end, he just dropped them in a puddle. Yeah. And oh, they fell in the ocean. But um, yeah, it was uh, like you mentioned the black scorpion, or uh, you know the tran, you know taking regular bugs or using giant props like them. The, uh, I was talking earlier about Harryhausen, the moon cattle, uh, which was basically giant caterpillars, at least it looked like to me, in the first men on the moon. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, dynamation. Yeah. So it was very... Uh, well, yeah, first men on the moon. They were yeah. also amazing giant puppet insects in Son of Godzilla. You had the giant... Giant praying mantises, which I actually You're right. enjoy more than the deadly mantis. <laughs> and there was also um, uh, there was also uh, Spiga, the, the giant spider. Yeah. yeah, also known as Kumonga. I was going to say Kumonga was what I was thinking of. Which hmm. is which is an amazing spider. So uh, yeah, I mean, even in, even getting closer today, you had like giant spider invasion, which was the VW with the huge pipe cleaners coming out of it, and uh, you know. What was the one you mentioned earlier? Eight-legged freaks. Eight-legged freaks, a big-ass spider, and yeah. all these things. It was a, it was amazing time. We need more things. raid. Well, we yeah. had a lot in the fifties because of the whole nuclear paranoia, and everybody. Oh well, you set off a bomb, you're going to get mutants, and you're going to get giant animals, and all this stuff. And I guess you know that kind of died down, and we we didn't see so much of the, uh, so much of these uh, these kind of movies after that, but 
Yeah, I mean, you still, you know, like you guys are saying, there's been some newer ones. They, they'll always find something, whether it's gene splicing or some sort of scientific experiment. Right, and I'm wondering with the, you know, success of the relaunch of King Kong and Godzilla, uh, if maybe some giant bug movies are in our future. Uh, as a matter of fact, in was it Skull Island or uh, one of the King Kong, those things that came out of the ground kind of looked like bugs. The uh, Skull Crawlers? Yeah, Skull Crawlers, yeah. Yeah. But, um... And you'll have Mothra in the next Legendary film, oh, so that's, true. Yeah, that's a big bug right there. And uh, what were the Mutos? The Mutos weren't... Uh, they were, they were kind, kind of, of bug-like. Bug -like. They looked kind of, yeah. But uh, who knows? Maybe there'll be a Them 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you have bugs showing up in a lot of movies that aren't really bug movies. Like, I know we talked, uh, I think we talked a little bit about, like, and it's a terrible movie, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Um, well, I loved the novel when I was a kid, and, uh, yeah, they butchered the novel. But, yeah, you had the, the alien bugs in that movie, and uh, even though they were alien bugs, they are bugs. Bugs are bugs. Yeah, yeah. So well, I was even mentioning there was a giant ant in an episode of The Saint with Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah. So it was a scientist, mad scientist up on the hill, and he created these giant ants. One of the things we noticed last night in watching the tarantula was some of the music was from Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, well, yeah, Universal definitely recycled its music in a lot of its uh, movies. Mm -hmm. They had their Universal Music Library, which mm -hmm. crept into other things as well. And one of the things I noticed, too, that was recycled in these movies is uh, they love to show just the, the bones of, like, cattle over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the tarantula goes through, cattle you know, is always being eaten. a herd of cattle or horses or whatever, and all you see are these bones. And same thing with them and, and all of these <laughs> films. It's like, really? That's that's how these insects would, you know, they'd leave the bones. Would they just chew through everything? I mean, uh, yeah, you would think. Yeah. It's sort of like, I'm not so sure they, like, spit out. Well, I don't know if they're spitting out the bones, but and somehow <laughs> the bones are getting left behind. Well, I do have an honorable mention. Uh, Megalon. Wasn't he a oh, giant yeah. roach? Yeah. So, oh. Megalon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I never really thought about you that. You don't think yeah. too many insects have, like, drill arms, but... <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> it was a movie. Rise up, Megalon! <laughs> yeah. Megagirus so. also was... Uh, there you go. Megagirus. Mutated from the Meganeuron from the original Rodan. Hmm. So, yeah, no, there's, uh, there's definitely a lot of movies that have giant bugs. And, uh, you know... Like Karen was mentioning at the beginning about the one article, and it's like, I took a course over at UC Berkeley one time, and, you know, UC Berkeley, but I was only like 14 years old, but it was open to <laughs> all ages. And it was Andrew Fracknoy, who's the uh, head of the Astronomical Society of the Pacific in Northern California. He was doing a course there called The Science of Science Fiction, and we'd go over once a week, watch a movie, and then he'd... Uh, prove or debunk the science in the movie and we did watch them one week and uh, he basically was pointing out that a an insect if an insect just grew in size proportionately its legs could not support the torso hmm. 
they'd be too thin, they'd be too... Because basically a creature that big would have to have legs like an elephant in order to support yeah. its weight. And so uh, I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. Again, I don't understand the science. Wouldn't they have to have elephant legs in their little normal state as well? No, because they're smaller and lighter and the bigger they get, the heavier they get. Yeah. And yeah, the, the legs grow, but they don't grow enough to be thick enough to hold up that amount of weight. But, okay, I won't waste the podcast. <laughs> Look it up. It's science. I'll send you the paper. <laughs> so let me ask you guys, if you were to face a giant bug today, you know, a real, in your life, what would really creep you out as far as like a modern day big bug? And what would you do to vanquish the beastie? I mean, for me, it would be a ladybug because at first it looks all beautiful. Everybody loves ladybugs. And it's like, oh my God, it's, you know, a six foot tall, 10, you know, 20 foot tall ladybug. And you'd want to pet it and, you know, go ride it and, you know, whatever. And then the thing would just open its maw and off comes your head. So I think that would be more terrifying to me than like a giant ant or a moth or something like that. And then vanquishing it, tried and true, napalm. You know, very few of these bugs are immune to fire, so... Uh, fire kills everything. Yeah, yeah. And I was wondering with that tarantula thing, it hit the power line and cut the power to the town. Wouldn't it zap like a bug zapper and, and that should have... Well, right. maybe not I mean, enough current think, going through it. See, now there's yeah, a, the vast superiority of an Earth versus a spider. <laughs> because at the end, they had those two electrodes that they held and right. zapped him like a bug. You're right, you're right. There you go. Well, More plausible than tarantula. Well, Chief, reconnaissance officer, I'll let either one of you kick in first. What what bug would you fear and how would you... And no dragon mobiles. <laughs> <laughs> um... Probably a stink bug, <laughs> for obvious reasons. And then uh, I'd probably just use a huge can of raid, just <laughs> plaster that thing, or a flamethrower, either one. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Karen? I don't like bugs that jump. Hmm. Like, like fleas? Crickets. Oh, crickets. Like when I was a kid, mm. yeah, we, we had like a cricket invasion one summer, and you just like open a door and then things would jump out and fly at your face and stuff. And I, I'm, you could tell I'm a little traumatized. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, if there was like a six foot cricket, that would really bother me a lot. Uh, Even if he had an umbrella and so. <laughs> Yeah, because then he would act so he would be you know be acting more creepy. morally superior to me as well. So you know, then I I would be really upset with him. So yeah, I think that would bother me. And then you know, how do you how do you stop the jumping cricket? You know, you'd have to have like a net dropped on him to immobilize him. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I'd do like the Monty Python sixteen ton weight and just splatter him all over the place. So, so, so you sounds like okay. somebody called in the Air Force. Well. <laughs> oh, yeah, here comes the napalm. So you'd be okay with, like, if, if you were in uh, a Night of the Leapist type situation. Those are rabbits. Giant rabbits are okay. 
uh, they're furry and they jump, but jumping mammals, bugs. Mammals are generally okay, although rabbits, you know, those rabbits were pretty vicious rabbits. Yeah. Those were vicious rabbits. With nasty, uh, sharp, pointy teeth. <laughs> Night of the Lepus. So, so uh, how are you with frogs? What if there was like a giant frog? It's not an insect, but it is kind of slimy. Yeah, and kind of slimy. They're, they're, they're going down the scale, definitely. <laughs> Although, if there was a giant fly, I would use the giant frog to vanquish you the... You just hold it, squeeze it, <laughs> shoot the Zap! <laughs> So, giant rat. Let me ask you guys this: What other giant creature do you think would be uh, something to avoid? Should you? In, in, insects or not, not insects? Just in general, we're, we're going to leave the insect kingdom and just oh. we're just thinking about rabbits. Normally, people aren't a fair or afraid of rabbits unless you have some kind of agoraphobia. Is that fear of rabbits? Or sweaters? I don't. Or know. sweaters? Yeah. An angoraphobia. <laughs> <laughs> Marketplace phobia. I don't, yeah, know, I don't I mean, know. You know, think about it. Cats would not be cool. Oh, they would kill they, us immediately. Well, they're like but not only that, but they play with their food yeah, first. Yeah, they play with us first. So a they'd while. be batting you around and smacking <laughs> you with their paws yeah. and whatever, and then be before they finally kill you, you could try to kitty kitty kitty. Pss, 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 pss. Yeah, no? yeah you're just yeah. calling them to you. Yeah. Yeah. Here I am, come and kill me. <laughs> okay, I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, Giant cat would not be a good thing. Yeah, giant birds either. Because, you know, if you even get around some of these birds, like geese and stuff, they don't back down. Oh, they hiss and chase. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I've had that happen to me on a number of occasions. Yeah, they're nasty. So I don't think I want a giant bird around me either. Huh. They just, you know, they they were dinosaurs, so. That's true. Look at the ostrich. They've got thing in there, deep in their brain to try to kill us. They want to eat us. Everything basically wants to. We're just, we came out on top. You know? We're just top of the food chain, deal with it. We're, we're on the top until something happens, radiation, something Yeah, else. For, for a few more years, yeah. I think. Until a cockroach takes over the world. <laughs> Isn't there a movie about that? Oh, there's plenty of cockroach Cockroach takes over well. the world. Either cockroaches or share. <laughs> one of them, right? One of them hey, Godzilla versus Gigan, the aliens. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, and this episode, Sensor Sweep, we're gonna go ahead and kick it over to Karen. Karen, would you please share with us the latest and greatest uh, item that uh, is in your collection? Well, this is not actually in my collection. What I'm gonna share with everybody is an opportunity ah. to expand their collection. If you've been listening to Planet 8 and you're enjoying the show, and you, and you may have also seen in, uh, some of the pictures we put up on Twitter or the Facebook page mm -hmm. or here on the blog, you notice we've got some Planet 8 t-shirts and other gear, and we just recently opened up a shop on Tee Public, which is a high-quality venue. And <laughs> if you go over to Tee Public, if you go to... TEEPublic.com slash user slash planet eight. Uh, you can find our shop there. And we got a whole bunch of cool stuff that you can go and purchase. If you want a t shirt, you can get a t shirt. If you want a baseball shirt, you can get that. You can get a hoodie. Uh, heck, you could get notebooks, mugs, stickers, basically anything you want that says planet eight on it you can get it. So if you are a fan of the show, you want to show your support for the show, 
there's all kinds of cool stuff you can get over there and wear out to uh, you know movies conventions whatever right uh, we would definitely appreciate it uh, whatever you want to uh, throw that way uh, we would really uh, dig your support and Absolutely. We, uh, we absolutely uh, love your uh, support for the show, whether you're you know, sending comments, tweets, whatever. And uh, yeah, if you want to grab some gear, that's the way to go. So that's tpublic.com slash user slash planet eight. I'll put it up on the, the site as well if you're interested. But uh, yeah, we just decided to do it because actually we've been asked by a number of people, where can right. I get a t-shirt? Where can I get a hat? And uh, we had just been making small quantities for ourselves, basically, and, and for friends and family. Um, but then people started asking us for, for stuff. So uh, uh, we thought, well, why not? So right. uh, yeah, anyway, that's it. We've got, uh, we've got a lot of different merch available. So check it out and hope you like it. And, hey. uh, and give us some feedback, too. If, right. you're, if you're interested, if you think there's some things we should be doing or something different with the logo or whatever, we'd love to hear about it. Let's have some fun with the tweets and the Facebook posts and the um, put some pictures out there. If you're at a show and you have yeah. your gear with you, share it with us. We'd love to uh, to see you uh, out there sharing the good uh, uh, podcast that is Planet Eight. And if you'd like, you can contact us personally through the Facebook site or post on the Facebook site if you want to come up with your own Planet Eight logo. And you know we can. If you want us to use it, you know, if it uh, if it looks good, we can put it up on T Public as well and offer different T-shirts and mugs and tumblers and whatever. Yep. Cool. I'm definitely open to all sorts of ideas. But we'll definitely get more designs up if they sell well and if they do well. And Planet Eight does get a portion of the proceeds, so uh, we'll use that to put it back into the podcast itself and improve things tenfold. <laughs> On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8, signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end. Give me a fright If the subject is horror I've got to see more I won't be contented all night You may call it my ghoulish obsession It's a subject on which I get chatty But the worst one it seems Haunting all of my dreams Was the cockroach that ate Cincinnati Goblins and witches 
And some moth-eaten werewolves with fangs There were creatures that chattered And others that clattered And Japanese monsters with fangs Frankenstein gives me the shakes And caught Dracula driving me batty But they're not on a par With the worst one by far The cockroach said a Cincinnati Must have needed a seltzer It's amazing how much he got down For lunch he just chewed up a suburb or two And for dinner he ate the whole town Willard just sent me out laughing I thought Ben looked a little bit ratty Watch, watch, sorry about that But they're not half as bad as the worst scare I've had The cockroach said he's Cincinnati Oh, my heart nearly stopped, you will never be taught. The cockroach said, hey, Cincinnati! <laughs> 